Hello, my name's Tamsin Westall and welcome to Fresh From The Pod. Now, this next guest, I'm going to give you a clue. She's about the most enthusiastic plants woman that's ever hit our TV screens. She's bubbling over with energy and she's just a complete joy. I am joined this episode by none other than the wonderful gardening goddess, Carol Klein. So join me and Carol and I'm sure you will feel inspired. So Carol, it's so lovely of you to come on to Fresh from the Pod. It's very exciting to have you here. We want to start by talking about the latest excitement. You're coming to this neck of the woods soon, aren't you? For Malvern. Woo! I'm so looking forward to it, especially after this year. But in any year, I'm always looking forward to the Malvern shows because they are just splendid. The brilliant people there, Nina Dye, everybody there, have got together and have organised. I've forgotten what they're calling it. Well, I've got the RHS magazine here, so they're calling it a plant and garden fair. It's on the 12th and 13th of September. The Saturday and Sunday. Everybody who possibly can should try and book and go because it's going to be the most brilliant event. And we're all thirsty, aren't we? We're all hungry for plants. Well, I've got a little list here of the bulbs that I want. So it's great timing, isn't it, for gardeners? Well, it's perfect. I mean, it's about the same time as the um, autumn show would be at Malvern. But of course, it can't be in its usual form. But to actually have an event that we can all go to, talk about gardening, you know, they're going to have theatres there. They're going to have all sorts of different speakers. It'll all be open, of course all be socially distanced, be utterly wonderful, and we're all crossing our fingers for good weather too. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Well, they're saying it will be good, aren't they, Um, September, so fingers crossed. Now, what will you be doing there? Do you know exactly what you'll be up to? Yeah, I'm going to be um, in a theatre. I've got my programme already, so I'm going to be part of several gardeners question time sessions i mean not not the one on the radio but the malvern one which is always (laughs) hilarious it's always great all sorts of lovely people on there and you know reg will be there um i'm going to actually be talking on his radio show next sunday Oh, so Hereford and Worcester, wonderful. Oh, I have to look out for that. I hear they're very splendid. I'm greatly honoured again. And James Alexander Sinclair is going to be there, Mark Diacono. I think Mark Gregory's going to be there, the great garden designer. So there'll be loads. I'm probably missing lots of people, but it will be splendid. I'll be fighting to get a word in edgeways. Brilliant. Now, you've been going to Malvern for many, many years with your nursery, weren't you, before you started standing on stage and being glamorous? (laughs) I don't think I've ever reached those heights of being glamorous, but yeah, absolutely. We started going to Malvern when the show was held, the spring show was held in the um, cattle sheds. Gosh, that's come a long way, hasn't it? But it was great fun then. I mean, it was it was a splendid show, but it's gone from strength to strength. Um, I think, you know, the organisers now really make it rock. The whole place is just wonderful. And Di and Nina, the lovely Nina Apton, 
who just pulls it all together have you know always gone each year it's been better and better I think yeah, and, and uh, the setting of the Malvern Hills is just absolutely gorgeous. So if people haven't been, I think it's it'll be the break they need, won't it? It can't be beaten, frankly. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I should think that it'll be an absolute sellout. You know, yeah. why wouldn't it be? You're going to be able to buy, as you say. Take a bold list, yeah. Now, it was funny. Before I got on this call, I rang my Uncle Raymond, who you know well, and said... Um, Ray, do you remember where you met Carol? Because um, I thought it might have been at Malvern. And he said, oh, I can't remember. We've known her for a thousand years. Don't ask me stressful questions like that in the morning. <laughs> so funny. But, I mean, it, it is wonderful. Sometimes he'll say, oh, we had dinner with Carol. And I never knew that he meant you. Because I, I just I thought, well, who's Carol? And they said, Carol Klein. I didn't know you knew Carol. It's so funny. He's so laid back about your stardom. <laughs> so am I, because I didn't realise it existed. But no, I've known Ray- Raymond and Gordon for ages and ages, two of my favourite people in the world. And of course we had, uh, or have, no, in one case we had um, a mutual friend, our lovely Veronica Cross, who sadly, who sadly died. And she was, she was such a bringer together of people, of gardening people. And I think that's probably how I met them in the first place. Although again, yeah. it is a long time ago. <laughs> but, um, do you find with your career, I mean, you know, what I love about you is when I watch you walking around the showgrounds, you really do know the nursery people, don't you? And you're, you're so, your energy and enthusiasm is just so wonderful to watch. Do you find a show exhausting because you are so enthusiastic to talk to people? Oh, no, quite the opposite. I find it exhilarating. And what I love about it, quite apart from meeting up again with loads and loads of nursery people, many of whom, of course, I exhibited with, um, Mm. although some people have retired, not me. Um, (laughs) But it's also such a great opportunity to meet the people who... You know, the real gardeners who watch gardening TV, um, because the, the strange thing about doing television, apart from doing the shows, is that you never see your audience, although you're talking to them and you're, you know, you're communicating with them. So, you know, with this sort of first hand experience when people tell you about them. I mean, I remember one time at the NEC show, you know, that Gardeners World Live. Yes. And one lady had come up to me and uh, she was telling me about her propagation and the kind of things she'd been growing. And and then another lady came along and joined us. And in the end, I was almost completely cut out of the conversation because they were both discussing their root cuttings and <laughs> and how successful they'd been and how wonderful it was to actually be able to grow things from roots. Absolutely. <laughs> But, I mean, do you, can you go shopping? I mean, I know this is a ridiculous question, but are you at the stage where, you know, you can't pop to Debenhams or M&S without people stopping and asking you a gardening question? Oh, those are much too posh stores for me anyway. Oh. No, 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 whenever you're... Neil does all the shopping, actually, my right. husband, my lovely husband, Neil. Um, so I'm not often in the shops, but whenever I'm out and about on a train... You know, in the old days. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever, in a garden, 
um, yeah, people do stop and ask you questions. It's like being a doctor, isn't it? You know, everybody comes along and says, "Oh, I've had this. I've had this funny rash." <laughs> what yeah. Well, fortunately, people hopefully won't show you their verrucas. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. I mean, um, but when we're doing shows, um, we're actually talking. You know, we, we're taking questions nowadays, especially if you're doing it with James Alexander Sinclair. We ban any questions about death, disease. All those shriveled oh, bits. <laughs> shriveled bits. We want to know about, you know, people's projects, what, what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's alive. Yeah, I remember when I worked at Amateur Gardening, people used to send little pests and diseases in in matchboxes. This was years ago. And you just dread it. You think, oh, come on, it's composted by the time it reached us. <laughs> no doubt the insects were dead too in the matchbox. Uh, yes. Pretty much. I think they solved their problem by sending it to our office. Obviously, we've just talked about shops and your career actually started by working. Didn't you sell buttons and stockings in a department store? In Candle Milne in Manchester, which was the sort of, well, it was part of Harrods. It was the Harrods of the North. Before the one in Leeds opened, of course, Lancashire's always before Yorkshire, invariably. (laughs) Yeah, I left school when I was 15. And right. um, I wanted desperately to go to art college because um, art and sort of biology, that whole kind of thing, were my, you know, my two areas that I wanted to explore. But when I was at school, they made me choose between art and biology, and I chose art. So right. um, when I left school, because it, it was a a new grammar school so they pushed us through in four years so um yeah I was 15 I got five O levels to my name and I couldn't stand the sixth form I had different teachers and they were very boring and um so I thought right um I'm going to go and go to art college my dad said absolutely not not a chance so I thought right Next best thing, I'll go and be a window dresser because I thought that was something arty to do. Oh, yes. So I applied to Kendall Milne and ended up selling buttons, as you say. And um, how was your, as we called it in that day, those days? Very posh. <laughs> Are you being served? <laughs> seemed, seemed stockings and all that. And then I went to, I, I got a job in a, an art shop across the road. I did all sorts of strange jobs (laughs) I was a statistician at one stage for that's quite difficult to say a statistician at one stage um (laughs) for BICC British Insulated Calendars Cables in Wigan but um even though I got my O-level maths though my maths teacher always said he, he thought they must have you know got the papers mixed up because I was so bad at it. <laughs> so uh, I'm afraid that was a great disappointment at BICC because um, I was absolutely no good at st- statistics. So I left there. I did all sorts of strange things. Um, but meanwhile, I kept up with my artwork. And well, Is it fine art that you do? What sort of art did, did it, you do? That's what I did, yeah, eventually. But my dad still wouldn't let me go to art college, so what I did was go to... Bolton Art College, 
one September, just after they'd gone back, I took my folio with all my drawings and bits of paintings and things, and um, I had an interview, and they gave me a place. Um, but um, I'd been going there for about three weeks before my dad found out. <gasps> so you got up in the morning, you were living at home? Yeah. And he snuck off. That's fantastic. I love that. Where did he think you were going? I don't think he was very interested. <laughs> Brilliant. I, I can't remember what terrible fib I told, but <laughs> but yeah, I went. And then they gave me a very tiny grant. I mean, really small. So he confiscated that and he gave me um, pocket money every day for my bus fare and my lunch. So right. most of it was spent on, I had to get the bus, but most of it was spent on a packet of fags. And an occasional visit to Yates's Wine Lodge. You rebel! <laughs> but th- but when you're an artiste, you have to do those sorts of things, don't you? Uh, yes, and I was. Um, um, and, uh, this is pre hippie, so I was probably um, what did we call ourselves? Beatniks, didn't we? Lots of dark eye makeup, which hasn't changed. Yeah. Um, you know the Dusty Springfields look, and wow. <laughs> and lots of black clothes. Yeah. But pre-goth, long before that. <laughs> well, it sounds like a good time, I tell you. So what? how did you end up? I mean, I know that you, you obviously were um, filmed for Gardener's World, weren't you? Was it by Jeff Hamilton at your nursery? Jeff Hamilton um, came here, yeah. What he used to do, the lovely Jeff Hamilton, when they'd finished filming, he and his wife would take off and they'd go to different parts of the country and look at nurseries. So he yeah. came. he came here. And um, we just had a small tunnel at the bottom of the garden. And I can remember him coming in and I thought, oh, this is a bit of an interruption. And then I realised it was him. So it was absolutely lovely. He was great. He wrote about us in Garden News. And then later on, we got a call and they asked if they could come and film here, which they did. So that was my first. I was so nervous. I can't were tell you? you. I can't imagine you being nervous, but I bet you were actually. Yeah. Terribly nervous. And um, you can still see it, I think, on um, YouTube. <laughs> and um, okay. and uh, throughout this whole, I don't know what it is, 20 minutes, because it used to be longer in those days, I don't smile once. <laughs> Not once. Um, I've just got a straight face. And I answer all his questions and give him all the information. And I'm extremely serious. And um, uh, uh, the parting shot is with me on this sort of rock garden place, um, fiddling away with my fork with a bright blue shirt on with a packet of silk cut in the top pocket. <laughs> you sound, you do sound like the artist that you were going to be. So going back to art class, you went to art college and then you ended up teaching, didn't you? I did, yeah. Um, teaching art. I I went to um, Bolton, to Newport, where I did fine art for three years. And then I went to Brighton and did uh, an art teaching year. So that was that was a great time. That was Jimi Hendrix and, you know, that was, I remember that, splendid. Um, <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, and um, we had to do teaching practice, of course, and there weren't enough schools in Brighton for everybody on the course to 
go there. So we went, me and three other people went to this big, comprehensive in Crawley, Crawley Newtown. And I was still very, very unsure about teaching. You know, it was just a way of being in college for another year. <clears throat> but um, we went and I loved it. I absolutely, really, really loved it. And I've always, I always did love teaching. Um, I hated school in the end, but I love teaching. But I suppose what you're doing now with being on Gardeners Well, being at shows, you are teaching. You're teaching the nation to garden, aren't you? So you haven't given that up, really. Well, yeah, perhaps I'm just bossy. I don't know, but I think it's I think it's lovely to be able to share information, don't you? Well, of course you do, because oh, that's what yeah. you do. <laughs> yeah, love it. Love it. It's, it's it's like a drug, isn't it? You think, oh, I found something out. I must tell people. You know, it's 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 um. Well, that's what gardeners are, aren't they? They they love to to share how they get get things done. It's a strange thing, isn't it? Because I mean, you probably garden with people quite a bit, but most of us garden on our own. So it's quite a solitary business very often. So it's absolutely wonderful to have an opportunity to share ideas and information. And I mean, that's why, you know, Instagram and Twitter and everything and your lovely podcast are so important. You know, it's a way of doing that. So from art teaching, you obviously gardening was a passion, wasn't it? Because you, you gardened with your grandfather, didn't you, on an allotment? He had an allotment and he had a back garden. And my mum was keen on gardening, but of course she was far too busy to do anything like that. And eventually my my dad had um, a television shop. He had, um, first of all, he was a civil servant and then he left and opened this television shop in the very early days of television. So she worked there constantly. And I've got two brothers she didn't have much time to do gardening, but she just had it in her. I mean, I'm a great believer that everybody's got gardening in them. I mean, I just think, I just think it's like art and, you know, people say, I can't draw or they say, I can't grow seeds. And it's just because somebody's told them they can't or they don't do it the way they're expecting to or, um, but, we, you know, we can all do it. I mean, once upon a time, people couldn't have gardened. If they couldn't have grown things, they would have starved. So yes, very true. Of course we can all do it. Absolutely. And we can all we can all draw. It's just that a lot of us don't think we can. <laughs> and it's yeah, a great shame because all that creativity that gets suppressed and all that lovely energy, you know, that goes into growing things, it ought to be... It ought to be given uh, an opportunity. And that's why for so many kids who, who are just denied that whole experience, I think it's really vital. I think the government, a government, whichever government has really got to give itself a kick up the pants and start thinking about how important um, that whole aspect of life is to education. Yeah, and... And it's interesting that the people I speak to, like yourselves and other successful gardeners, they've all had a grandparent or a parent that's that's guided them through the gardening journey to start with. Yeah, you have to fight pretty hard if you've got <laughs> if you've got nobody to. I remember one lad who I taught in because um, I used to te teach my last seven years in um, in London. I was teaching in a big boys' school, 
Um, it was called Christopher Wren. It's now called the Phoenix School. Um, and uh, there was one lad in my, because I used <laughs> in my art classes, of course, we'd all do, there'd be loads of natural forms and all sorts of stuff like that. But for a lot of kids, that was their only experience. And he was absolutely daft about gardening. His stepfather just denied him any opportunity to, you know, uh, think of doing that as a career. But he did. He did. He came around here once, long, long ago, with his little family, and he'd started a gardening business, and, you know, he, he just loved it. But I used to take these kids. I've got to tell you this. <laughs> I used to take these kids one class at a time to Kew Gardens because we were on the West London line. Lovely. And um, we'd all set off, and there was one camera, a pretty useless school camera, and they'd take their, you know, bits of drawing paper and, I mean, they weren't very posh sketchbooks or anything. And we'd go and we'd look around and everybody had come back with something and then we'd do something in class that was kind of based on that. But one time, <laughs> everything was going well. This was at the stage when you used to put a penny in the slot to go into Kew Gardens. You know, it was like going into a public lavatory. <laughs> <laughs> and we went in and two of the kids in my class Dean McGillicuddy and Mark Carter decided it would be great fun to take the boat on the lake there you know <laughs> so <Yes>. secretly <laughs> now if they'd run off I could have run after them but when they were paddling around on that water there was absolutely nothing I could do apart from jump, jump up and down on the bank and hope they'd return. <laughs> and did they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they definitely came back. Um, and I think you weren't too keen on our going for a, a few weeks after that, but eventually it got better. They forgave us. <laughs> but I bet when you go now, you can't go without thinking of those two boys, can you? No, I absolutely can't. I often wonder what they're doing. I know what some of my kids are doing. There's a lovely, well, he's a lad. He's stayed in touch over the years, you know, now and then. He's called Junior Tomlin and he's a graphic designer. And um, he's just brought out a book, uh, which he sent me. Um, I've got it around somewhere. I'll find it in a minute and tell you what it's called because it's terrific. And it's just lovely to find out what some of these kids are doing. And I said, he said, it's my birthday in September. I said, yeah, I, I remember. I said, how old will you be? <laughs> he said, 60. No, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, you know, um, it's a long time ago. <laughs> Goodness me. I mean, the thing is, I, it's very rude of me to bring up your age and I'm not going to tell everyone your age. 25, Tamsin. You are quite remarkable. Um you know, do you look, do you think, um, I can't keep this up or does it keep you going? I mean, how do you feel? <laughs> I feel terrific. I mean, I, um, I can't quite do as many things as I used to do. I do them quite as quickly, um, and which annoys me hugely. But, um, I mean, we've just been up to London to see my youngest daughter and, uh, two grandchildren will come on to that, I'm sure. Oh, I <laughs> but um, I found that lifting them up, you know, I can do it for so long and I can just about manage to get up the stairs with them. But um, 
But they're getting heavier, of course. That's what I tell myself. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but I watched the other night, I watched um, Life in the Cottage Garden, which I have to say is my favourite gardening TV show of all time, when we just followed what you did in your garden. And um, you're just so energetic. You were mixing compost for bulbs. And um, there doesn't seem to be a, a go slow button for you, Carol. Do, do you ever relax? Um, yeah, I go and garden. <laughs> and I knew you'd say that. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Um, I never have days off as such, you know? I always think, because gardens are like that anyway, aren't they? You, you know, if you if I'm here, then I want to be seeing what's happening. My garden at the moment is a wreck. I've had very, very little help for quite a long time. And this year, of course, being at home much more, I'd hoped that I'd really get on top of it. But if growth is exponential, isn't it? Oh, gosh, yes. A tree will have a, a, you know, a million leaves on one year and it'll have um, a million million the next year. I mean, it's just, it's it, things grow. And I'm getting to the stage with my garden now where I've got to take some fairly major decisions about things I've got to do and change. And, and I've also got six and a half acres beside here that I want to do something with. And I've got literally no help <laughs> at the moment. I had um, a bloke who was coming over. I, I met him on Instagram. I saw his posts and thought, um, yeah, I'd really, really love you to come and work. And he did for uh, over a year. He came one day a week, but he didn't drive. So his wife drove him. And over here, and now he finds that he can't come anymore, so I'm on my own. And <laughs> and I have been doing some work this year too, I mean, some filming work, um, unlike most people. I was going to say, because you're busy, you know, you're constantly busy. It, it's a lot, isn't it, to look after a garden of that size and keep the momentum of your career going? Yes, if my career has a momentum, I hope it does. We'll see. Um, but yeah, but we've been we've been filming a couple of things. I haven't filmed much for Gardener's World this year. Um, they've showed quite a few, as they have with everybody. They've shown quite a few of our um, films from previous years. Yes. And I've done two from here, which Neil, my husband, <laughs> um, uh, filmed on an iPhone. That's amazing. I mean, that I bet you were laughing, weren't you, when you started? Normally you've got like a snazzy camera crew. That must have been such fun. Yes, it, it was, but it was hard on him because we did have a director, but he was on another iPhone on a tripod. So every time Neil wanted to move, and you know how limited some old iPhones are, um, you couldn't focus you couldn't change focus or zoom or do anything like that so each time we wanted something different we had to actually move the tripod with the phone on which meant that the director's tripod also had to be moved so he could see just what was going on so anyway I think they were quite good fun and people seemed to enjoy them they were both about propagation so yeah. um, which is my favourite subject, right. of course. 
It sounds like your husband is really supportive of what you do. And you've got two daughters. Are they interested in gardening at all? Yeah. I mean, my husband is. I couldn't do what I did unless he was who he was (laughs) or who he is. Um, He's wonderful. He really is. Um, And both my daughters love the natural world. They're both interested in growing things. Alice has a tiny garden in London, which, you know, because she's got a... Her baby's not um, six months old yet, um, and her little girl will be two in September. Oh, we're in September, aren't we? Yes. Don't forget, for goodness sake. <laughs> As if I would. Um, <laughs> um, so it's uh, it's somewhere to play at the moment. But uh, she's or, or they're buying um, a new house, and it's got a small garden, so I'm hoping we're going to be able to go to town much more there. Of course, they're going to have the obligatory grass, but, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, and she loves growing things. She's good at growing things. And so is Annie, my other daughter, who lives in California and who's here at the moment. And she, they're both very green-fingered, but, you know, like I said, I think everybody is. But they love nature. They're both very, very sort of ecologically conscious you know they're they're um absolutely brilliant they've got a a wonderful understanding of what's happening to the world and what yeah. part they play and um which i think is brilliant you know i couldn't ask for anything better could i and i'm sure they're very proud of their mum I'm very proud of them. They're very talented girls. One of them, she's the assistant director of communications at Shelter. That's Alice, who's um, on maternity leave at the moment. And Annie, is. um, she lives in California and Santa Cruz, and she's got a production company that's called Female Tales. Um, And she makes videos for female change makers and entrepreneurs and remarkable women well that's you i hope she's done something on you oh she just helps me with absolutely everything yeah because they're so au fait and i'm so useless at all that my son's been getting me on instagram it's all very useful it's uh yeah we need our kids for this modern world um now the last time i saw you was at the garden media guild awards in november seems a hundred years ago, but it was, I will never, ever forget that you were presented with the Lifetime Achievement Award. And what I think we all love about you is it's so obvious that it meant something. Um, I mean, explain how you felt when you were presented with that um, by Roy Lancaster. I can't really. I was just, I was completely, totally... Bowled over, I cried. Yeah. <laughs> I cried, didn't I? I yeah. um it just meant everything to me because this is something that my peers had decided I should have. And I mean I looked round and I thought, well, couldn't they find anybody better but <laughs> 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 But uh, and to have Roy Lancaster give me the award too was just, you know, my my all time hero. I absolutely love Roy. I think he's wonderful. I keep wondering about how he's getting on at the moment. Don't you find yourself doing that, wondering about all your 
friends and acquaintances and how on earth they're coping with this. Exactly. And and to start with, you start ringing people, but then you, it, the days go and you think, oh, I must contact them. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that their lives have completely been turned on their head. So, I, I, but like you, I'm just so grateful I've got a garden. Yes, exactly. Aren't we the lucky ones? We you know, certainly are. Actually being able to go outside. I mean, for the... I'm I'm afraid it is the great majority of people, um, although there are, is it something like 60 million gardens in the country? But for the great majority of people, they don't have access to that kind no. of space. Not, not even if they can get outside and go to a park, which they couldn't for quite a long time, they have nowhere where they can go and put their hands in the soil, um, you know, and, and grow something. And I think that ought to be... I, th- I think we ought to make sure that everybody can. I know it's a far-off aim, but surely with the great emphasis on community gardening and when people see how important gardening has been during the COVID crisis, surely they're going to, you know, read the lesson and do something about it. I think we all have to, you know, I think we all have to try and work hard to ensure that kids grow up with a, a real understanding of what the real world is, you know, yes. not not the tarmac and the computer screen, but, um, you know, the earth. Well, let's hope that if anything comes out of this, that we move slightly closer to that wonderful ambition. Um, now, you being part of the RHS, you're very involved with the RHS and you're an ambassador for the New Garden, which is... Um, up your way, as they say, um, near Manchester. So tell me, because that, RHS Bridgewater, obviously that will go some way. All these big gardens, that goes some way to educating people, to giving people space. What does it mean to you to be involved with that project? It means a, a huge amount. I mean, I am hoping, I know the RHS have their own education programme, they're going to try and involve as many kids as possible. But there are wonderful places at Bridgewater that are quite wild. So I'm hoping a few of those are going to be left so that kids from Salford and Manchester who are going to get out there are going to get an opportunity to find out what it's like to play. Because <laughs> I used to play in those woods, you know, when I was a, when I was a kid. Um, I mean, it was very industrialized all around, but the Worsley Woods was something else you know it was somewhere marvelous to go and adventure um and i hope a lot of kids will get the opportunity to, to do that i think it's really really important i mean it, i think it's the only rhs garden that's going to be really easy with public transport um mm. and i hope uh, let's see let's see what the rhs does but i should use whatever Little influence I've got to try and ensure that as many kids get the opportunity to use the garden um, as possible. You know, not just kids, but young families and, yeah. And it's it's in such, like you say, it's in a really good part of the world with a high population. So, yeah, it's it's an exciting new development. Now, talking of new developments, what's next for you, Carol? <laughs> Well, this year, you know, last year, as well as winning my fabulous Lifetime Achievement Award, which I yeah. just I just smile about 
all the time. At the Garden Media Guild Awards, we won an award for... It's the Royal Lancaster Award, isn't it? For Yes. Um, Broadcasting. Yeah. For Great British Gardens. I've got to give it its full title. Great British Gardens Through the Seasons with Carol Klein. Because <laughs> that's... Not a mouthful. No, not a mouthful at all. But... Um, it was great success. I think people weren't expecting to uh, channel, you know, to see such a thing on Channel Five. But everybody got the hang of it, and finally, we got lots and lots of viewers. And um, uh, it was so successful that they've recommissioned it, and that's what we've been doing since last September. I think we did our autumn one then, um, and then we did our winter one. Um, and then the COVID crisis struck, but they were able to get uh, a camera crew, our wonderful camera woman, Jess Matthews, and Ollie to go out and film in these eight gardens for the spring one. And then we've been able to film for the summer one too. And I've been able to participate in that, of course, with due social distancing, etc., etc. But we're outside, so we've got a great advantage. And when does this come out? When can We're we? Nearly finished. I'm going to go and do voiceover for the uh, next of the last two programs tomorrow. We'll finish next week. Most of the programs are just about there already. So let's hope that they'll put it out very, very soon because I think we all need it. I was going to say we've got wonderful gardens, absolutely marvellous. Can I tell you what they are? Oh, yes, if you're allowed. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I am. I don't think the gardens will... Well, there's two in Wales for a start. So, Aberglasney and Lanover. Lovely. We've got Coton Manor and Woolerton. We've got Marchants. You know Graham Goff's wonderful garden in East Sussex? Yes. And we've got, in, in quite contrast to that, we've got Arundel Castle. So Arundel is really splendid. They're all splendid. And they've got, then we've got Brassingham, um, with Adrian Bloom. Um, but we're, we're, we're doing Foggy Bottom and we're doing the Dell Garden and the whole, the whole thing. And we're telling stories within all these, of course, about the people who, who are making these gardens now and who've made them. And we've got Beth Chateau, um, Beth Chateau Gardens. So, I hope they're going to be lovely. I've seen a bit of them, mm. but... <laughs> it sounds like an incredible lineup. Well, it, 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 it's so smashing because it's all through the year. But as well as that, Tamsin, we've also been making <laughs> um, a programme called How to Garden. And it's just two programmes, as if I knew anything about it. But <laughs> it's shot, it shot in this garden at Glebe Cottage. And we were quite hoping it might go out immediately, but I think they're probably going to save it until the beginning of the gardening season. I mean, you and I know that the gardening season goes on all the year round. Yes, too right. <laughs> but I think it might be the spring. Let's wait and see about that. And, and meanwhile, I'm hoping to do lots more for Gardener's World, but um, I've done one shoot outside with them the other week and um but that's got to go on the shelf for next spring so you've been doing gardener's world that was your first tv gig wasn't it was it no it wasn't no 
Oh. I worked for Channel 4 for years and years before Gardener's World, about 20-odd years ago. And um, we did um, – do you remember the lovely Royal Lancaster programme with Matt Biggs? It was oh, yes. splendid. Yeah. Well, we followed on from them and did a programme called Garden Party. And then we did three years of a programme called Real Gardens, where me, Monty Don, Anne-Marie Powell, um, all went out to gardeners, and we worked with them each week for quite a, quite a long time. In a few cases, for, you know, as much as, I don't know, three months. I think maybe one of them was six months. So people saw the progress in their gardens, and we had... It was a smashing program. And then I think um I had a I had a year off. I did a couple of little things. And then Gardener's World got in touch and said How about Oh but I've got to tell you the very, very first experience of T V gardening. They'd asked me to go and do a sort of what do you call them the things you do first of all? Audition? That kind of thing, yeah, for yeah. a programme called Bloom. Can you remember that? Eventually it was Answith and Bank and, um, and that lovely Scots bloke, Bill Hujak. I went for this audition, but I'd never, ever been in front of a camera um, properly before. So Neil got a shoebox and he pretended it was a camera and we went around the garden... <laughs> He sounds fabulous. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't get the job. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> no, no, I, I did have the practice. The practice stood me in good stead because eventually we got this Channel 4 thing. But, I mean, I've loved, like you, um, I I've lo- I love uh, life in a cottage garden. I think it's it's just a simple, straightforward idea and the people I made it with were just... Absolutely marvellous. Mark Scott and David Henderson. And the wonderful crews we had. Absolutely splendiferous. You had to begin with a G or a J. So we had Jerry and we had Gary and we had Jeremy and we had John as our soundman. And we had Stevie Beach, I mean, as our cameras. We had Stevie Beach as our soundman. They were splendid. And it was a decent programme, wasn't it? Oh, it's br- do you know what I love about it, really, is the fact that you're showing the garden all year. I think we went through a period in the gardening world where it was all quick fix, makeover. And I just I love people to know that the whole year is exceptional. And it really did show that. And gardening isn't about producing a product, is it? And then and then sitting back. It's about a process. It's ongoing all the time. It's a lovely relationship between you and your garden and and your plants yeah oh well carol it's been so lovely to talk to you i could talk to you all day i'm so looking forward to seeing you at malvern um i probably won't be able to you know talk to you in person because you'll be surrounded by your your adoring fans. oh don't be daft Um, we'll all get an opportunity as long as we're socially distancing (laughs) yes Yes, that's very true. And people can get Um, tickets, can't they? They can pre-book. Yes, I think that's the most sensible thing to do is to pre-book. Here we are. I've got it. 3counties.co.uk 
Um, tickets are strictly limited and must be booked in advance. RHS members £10, non-members £12.50. So if you want to see Carol, get to it, folks. If you want to get those plants and have a wonderful, wonderful day out, you know, it'll be marvellous. And you'll be there laden down with your bulbs, won't I, you? I will, most definitely. Well, thank you, Carol. And I hope, um, you know, that you continue to sparkle on our TV screens for many more years to come. Well, thank you very much. At least I'm not a damp squib, I'm up to No, definitely not. <laughs> It's been wonderful. Pleasure. Wasn't that fun? A lovely conversation with Carol Klein. I feel very spoiled to have had that time with her. And I'm just in awe of her passion, enthusiasm and energy. So thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And in the meantime, happy gardening. Pod is presented by me, Tamsin Westhorpe, and produced by Candide in their plant-filled Bristol office. Candide is a free plant and gardening app with a helpful community of plant lovers, interesting articles and great tools like plant identification and garden tours. Ask a question in the app with the hashtag FreshFromThePod and I'll choose my favourite to answer later in the series. And if you enjoyed Fresh From The Pod, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, share it on Reddit and talk about it with your friends. And don't forget to subscribe.